Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, and welcome to a special edition of the Analyst Inside Cricket podcast with me, Simon Hughes, and today a special guest, uh, a former captain of mine, actually, uh, occasionally an opponent as well, but uh, a captain of Durham when Durham were, were made into a first class county, and also he's done chairmanship of the England selection panel and now he's president of the Professional Cricketers Trust and it's that that we're going to talk a little bit about today. It is of course David Graveney, the nephew of the great Tom Graveney, isn't that right? That's correct, yeah, it's very good. Sometimes people think you're the son of, um, but of course that's not the case. If I had a pound for everybody who uh, called me, how's your father Tom, I'd be quite wealthy really. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's appropriate that we're talking today because there is a, a needle match going on at Lords. It's Middlesex against Gloucestershire, which, of course, uh, we featured in on opposite sides uh, a number of times. And it used to be a bit of, bit of a sort of bounce award, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I can remember a, an occasion at Uxbridge, Yosa, actually, where you also got runs and you also in, uh, in instructing the late Neil Williams to keep trying to hit me on the head. So I remember that match vividly. <laughs> Why did you always attract so many bouncers? Probably because they caused six studs coming down the middle of the wicket. as an issue. So. <laughs> well, you spinner. like the front foot then, you mean? Yeah. Well, I, I, it's always been an issue for me that the fast bowlers have their own union where they pitch it up to each other. But any spinner who comes in from eight down gets absolutely peppered, which I had a, I had a, a slight issue with. And you had no means of retaliation, but you didn't you have some kind of convenient arrangement with one pace bowler? Uh, I did, actually. Malcolm Marshall, the late Malcolm Marshall, who in my eyes is one of the greatest bowlers the game has ever seen. Uh, he and I came to some sort of agreement where 
he he declined bowling bounces to me. On the basis that he think he could get me out by pitching it up, which is probably right. Uh, and I wouldn't have a long off when I bowled, which I thought was a which was a very very good good commercial operation. <laughs> and who who came out who came out the best out of those duels then? Uh, I didn't get hit on the head, so that was quite good. Um, but he did actually get some runs either for Gloucester against Gloucester and against Somerset because I played for them for one year. But I did I would have to say that I kept the deal a bit of a secret, so. Um, so I don't want to be accused of compromising the results of the game. <laughs> well, the secret's out now. I'm going to go. I'm going to go digging for the for the scorecards of matches yeah. between Gloucestershire and Hampshire and see see what you made see and see what Malcolm made. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I mean, on to you know, it was obviously a fun time we had on the county circuit, mostly apart from yeah. we were facing West Indies fast bowlers. Um, but it, you know there is a sort of more serious side that you're involved in now uh, with the game, uh, and that is yeah. president of the Professional Cricketers Trust, which is a charity that uh, we've been supporting a fair bit on our virtual cricket club, which you can join every week for an interview with a star player. Go to worldsbestcricketclub.com. We had Paul Collingwood on it last night. Uh, he was highly entertaining. We have, I think, Mo and Ali next week and um we tried to help the, the cause of the professional cricketers trust because you as a, a charity are under massive strain with the pandemic and lack of uh, events that that raise vital funds and also more and more demand from the players themselves as well but as well both current and and former players and uh, just before we we chat about your work and and the work of the charity uh, we should just listen to a little bit of a video which was uploaded uh, yesterday, which is the story of Alan Eagleston, the former Kent and England fast bowler, who was a tremendous servant to the game and uh, played for 12 years in county cricket. And as I say, did some test match appearances for England as well. T took nearly 700 wickets, was a, a fine bowler who hit a lot of us in the ribs from his six foot five inch frame. But then in 1999, he was diagnosed with a, an inoperable brain tumour and since then has also had two strokes as well. And uh, so his life has been totally ravaged, as has his wife's as well, who's had to basically give up uh, life and her, her job to look after Iggy, as he's known. So let's just hear a little clip from the video talking about his life now. And it's, it's mostly hearing from his wife, Liz. How many people did you claim from Four. How many people did you claim from Four. Movement. Yeah. Um, 17,000. 17. I just, yeah. And then to not be able to, that arm that everyone cheered that bowls, and now not to be able to raise it or use it to hold a drink, what does that do to your head? You don't know when this stuff's going to happen. None of this is lifestyle. He got a brain tumour not because he drank or smoked or drove badly or he got a brain tumour because he got dealt a rubbish hand. And then he got had a stroke and then he had another stroke. I mean, so it could happen to anybody. We just get help in a way that we couldn't have fathomed possible because I've had to give up work to look after, look after you. And we got the stair lift. Because helping him upstairs physically on my own it was physically tough um, and if I wasn't feeling very good or very strong that day then it it meant Iggy couldn't couldn't leave his room. When everything's really hard the 
the Professional Cricketers Trust make everything bearable and better and their support and sense of family and help just means we can we can carry on. We're really, really grateful for, yeah, for everything, aren't we? So, Grav, uh, you know, very sad and, and harrowing story, the, um, the the life of Alan Eagleston post-cricket. Post but what, what have the, the PCT done, the charity done, to help him? Well, the moment, Yoz, that we were aware of Iggy's um, unfortunate, you know, sad circumstances, we made contact and we've, we've tried to sort of step up to the plate to make sure the family could be as comfortable as possible. So you, you quite rightly said that Liz had to give up her job to look after Edie. Uh, so we've we've tried to support in, in that way. Um, and most recently, uh, and if people look, watch the video, you'll see that, that, that he's now got a stair lift, which, um, which I think is, it may seem only a small gesture in terms of the quality of life for them, that he can come from uh, upstairs to downstairs and spend more time with the family. So... Uh, I think that's been, but, but we are there for them all the time. And he is, he is one of many uh, cases. And, and you're right, it is harrowing. I must admit, the first time I watched the video, it was a really emotional experience for me, and I'm sure it is for, for many others. But I think the key thing is to, you know, he's just recently retired when this happened. To support him, not just about retired players, they also are the current, current generation uh, who are playing and their families. So we try and help as much as we can. However, you, as you highlighted before, is that our main source of income was events staged by the PCA. That is, uh, as with lots of charities, under real pressure in terms of being able to, to support the people they want to support. So we are no different from that. And uh, just to, uh, to recap a little bit about the Professional Cricketers Trust, it was actually created uh, a few years ago out of the, the PCA Benevolent Fund. Uh, it's a very important charity that supports uh, current and former cricketers, professional cricketers and their immediate families when they need it most. Uh, the average career in professional cricket comes to an end at the age of 26, which is one of the reasons why there's so much call on the charity. And uh, here's some stats. Since 2015, the Players Charity has supported 426 individuals in the area of mental health alone. And during the first quarter of 2021, the charity has already supported 25 new cases and a total of 59 individuals currently receiving assistance, including 29 current players. So that is an amazing uh, demand on the resource. It's, a, it's, a dem it's an amazing um, demand, but uh, I think it's a fantastic reaction by the trust to be able to step up to provide that uh, support because it is uh, probably wasn't an issue when we played or hadn't been identified I'm sure the issue was there but in modern times uh, there's been a lot more um, profile which is quite right and we've stepped up to it but we are as I said before limited by the resources that, that we have um, which is you know just a fact of life and we need everybody the cricketing family to you know, appreciate our situation that we're in and, and understand how many people do we touch in different ways that makes life better. Just explain um, a bit about the, the, the sorts of things that players need. You know, it might be a, a knee replacement. It might be something simpler. It might be something more more serious. Well, certainly um, the, 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 the situation, are, and this is non-life-threatening, Iggy's situation 
is definitely a life-threatening scenario, which is just desperate for him and his family. A lot of cases revolve around replacements. Um, and this, this is for a generation of players also, that, that didn't have medical cover, didn't have any pensions. Uh, you know, and you and I know the stat relating to suicides in past generation is phenomenally high. And, and I, I don't think the sporting world realises that. So that generation weren't paid a lot of money. They were providing entertainment membership of their respective clubs. And it's now they need our help because they don't have the financial resources. And, and again, the current situation is such with the national health under so much pressure from obvious reasons, then to have a knee replacement through the national health may take years to, to take place. So to improve the quality of life of an individual, we'd like to be able to help them. That'd be one area. The other areas can be um, in terms of, sadly, when people pass away, the families of, of respected players are not in a position to uh, have a, an appropriate funeral, so we help in that way. Uh, so that would be one thing. And also ongoing issues within a household. that You could have a situation where somebody is unable to move around. So the stair lift that we've talked about, um, chairs that would help uh, a particular person. We've even had scooters that we've acquired uh, to help people move around. So it can come in many, many ways. Um, one of our most long-term patients is, again, guy called Jamie Hood, who played for Yorkshire at the same time as Michael Vaughan started. Uh, he went to South Africa. Uh, Michael Vaughan's career is obviously known to everybody. Jamie Hood was involved in a car accident and is paralysed from the chest down. For all that period of time, uh, which is a number of years, um, to, to, to help him have some sort of quality of life and be able to link up with former teammates and, 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 and an hour with Jamie Hood uh, is just is it life-changing for the people to speak to him because his enthusiasm, optimism, which is the same that comes through the video with Iggy and, and Liz, you know, unbelievable fortitude, but, in, but optimism that uh, I think puts all our lives in perspective, Jos, without being too, too emotional about it. Yeah, and, and of course, I've seen the video of Winston Davis as well, the former uh, yeah. West Indies and... North Hanson, Glamorgan fast bowler, who I think uh, had an accident in a tree in the Caribbean when he was, I think, picking coconuts or something. I mean, literally, and some, a branch fell on his back and on the back of his neck, and he's been paralysed from the neck downwards ever since and is in a wheelchair and is incredibly uh, grateful for all the support of the Professional Cricketers Trust, uh, which, by the way, just to, to reiterate, our club on a Wednesday night, the video club, the virtual video club, with an interview with a player is in aid of the professional cricketers trust uh you you join for six pounds a month uh, but the profits go to the pct and for that six pounds a month you get a live event each week you can go to worldsbestcricketclub.com to join us and we have really established quite a dynamic and in, enjoyable cricket community conversation and and events uh, going on all the time so uh, please look at that look at that website and, and try and sign up if you can because it is a great cause can I thank the, uh, you and Simon Mann and those attached with the programme on behalf of the trustees, because you're, whatever you're raising through your membership, and I'd like to play a part in, in helping that to grow, um, it makes a huge difference. So uh, the, those contributing and making the programmes, uh, thank you very much. I think uh, they, they, they're very grateful for, for, the, for the opportunity to give the money, actually, to, to this cause. Um, what, what, I can't believe you're thanking 
a man who supports your rival Bristol team, Simon Mann. Well, sometimes some things are more important than rivalry, but not, not many often. <laughs> so I was going to say to him that um, if he gets in a situation, which he will do to interview James Bracey, he comes from a family that are dedicated gasheads. And to, for your viewers to understand what gashead means, they support Bristol Rovers. And Simon Mann is a, is a seriously diehard Bristol City fan. So in the period of time when he interviewed me as chairman of selectors, that was always the first question, was about football. And Triscothic also is a die-hard Bristol City fans. What is it about cricket that causes these mental health problems more than, say, other sports? And as you mentioned, the suicides thing, which, I mean, I know is you know a very extreme uh, example, but there have been over 100 and there is uh, several books about it, most of them written by David Frith. So what is it about cricket that, that makes, causes such kind of extreme problems for players mentally? Uh, I, I think it's something that has been recently identified. I, I, I do believe also that it occurs in other sports. I do think it's probably more prevalent when, and I know that cricket is a team game, but there are lots of times when players are on their own, when they've got, they've got time to think about their own situation. So I'm of, of, of the belief, maybe incorrectly, that actually individual sports, and cricket can be individual, is a situation. But I do believe it is um, prevalent across the game, but, but also more importantly, people who have recently retired, who, who find it, um, you know, you've been very proactive in your life in terms of moving the transition from playing to doing other things. Uh, a lot of players find that a very difficult journey to make. Uh, and, and that is an area where I, I know the Trust and the PCA in general are, are helping um, to make... And I've always been keen on the education aspects of a, of a player. My, my father, who was an ex-professional, not as famous as my uncle, always said to me, is there any chance of you getting a proper job for 23 years as, as a player? And I know he was half-joking, but he did have a point, and and I'm I'm very conscious of the fact that uh, to be able to transition from a, uh, a sport that you and I love and millions of others do to another profession is really critical and would help that scenario around mental health. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, it's a, it's a good point. Um, just to so on to, to current matters, uh, Middlesex against Gloucestershire. I mean Gloucestershire, top of their group in the county championship um, playing really well. You must be proud of that. Well, yeah. Uh, and it's nothing to do with me recently rejoining the committee either, so, um, which has occurred. Um, I, think, I think over a number of years, actually, under Richard Dawson's coaching and then now being passed on to Ian Harvey, Gloucestershire have been really permanent overachievers in light of the resources, the playing staff that they have. They've created a phenomenal um, team spirit. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm just really proud of the players more than anything else. And, um, and they, they, have one, they have one thing that I never, well, I think I can remember it happening. But in one of the most recent victories, they managed to, uh, we, it's not they, we managed to win at uh, Taunton for the first time in 28 years, which is a phenomenal sort of period of not to have a victory. I'm sure there might have been in other forms of the game, but in, in the Red Bull long game, 
that's an extraordinary length of time not to have a, a, a win. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, it, 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 it's interesting, actually, the, the strength of the, the, the cricket in the southwest as well with Somerset also having never won the championship, but, but always uh, being up there as contenders. I, I just find it quite interesting, actually, looking at the, the current Gloucestershire bowling attack at Lord's, actually, uh, for the opening period of the first day. David Payne, left arm over, and Ryan Higgins, who, of course, was formerly at Middlesex, both bowling, they're good, honest, you know, trundlers, uh, both bowling around uh, probably 80, 70 to 80, 75 to 80 miles an hour. Uh, I just think of the contrast when I went in as night watchman against Gloucestershire in the late 80s. I had Sid Lawrence, hissing Sid Lawrence from one end and Courtney Walsh, who you mentioned earlier, from the other. And that was <laughs> that was a real baptism of fire as a, as a night watchman. Somehow I survived only because I think they tried to kill me and just missed a few times, but never aimed at the stumps. And that wasn't an instruction from the, the, the captain on the day, actually, because that was me. So, um, uh, no, they were, they were pretty pretty scary opening partnership, I must admit. But that, the game was a period of time when the, the, everybody had quick bowlers. You know, Middlesex, you know, Middlesex, you had Wayne Daniel playing, you had Williams, who was, who was massively underrated as a, as a seam bowler, uh, together with Norman Cowens, you, you had a, you had, and yourself. You had, had a half decent, well, half decent, a really good attack, together with the two best spinners in the country. It's no wonder you won so many times. Yeah, that's right. I was the victim of um, being asked to, to bat at night watchman uh, a lot of times. And there was a time I faced both Sid and Courtney at Lords, survived the five overs, uh, got into the, the dressing room, ready for the next day. And it was a beautiful morning, the next morning. And I knew that all I'd get for the first half hour was bouncers. So I went into the nets at Lords and Angus Fraser hurled me a few bouncers from 10 yards just to practice my ducking and weaving techniques. And then first ball of the morning, I'm back and across with every fielder sort of either slips or short legs or whatever, hardly anybody out. And I went right back and across, almost low, crouching for the expected bouncer from Sid bowling from the pavilion end, forgetting that, of course, he took quite a long time to loosen up in the morning. And the first ball of the morning, as he thundered down the hill to, from the pavilion end, was a sort of loopy half volley on leg stump. And I was so far back on my stumps that all I could do was sort of poke it to, to the one man out on the leg side at square leg, half volley, caught square leg, out for naught. Uh, so uh, it was a sad end. Dangers of pre-selecting that, Yoss, <laughs> which we tended, we, yeah. we tended yeah. to do where we batted. <laughs> yes, that's right. Can you remember though, Sid was quite, he, he, he did sort of take a bit of time to loosen up in the morning, didn't he, sometimes? He was a bit stiff for the first few overs. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't a live frame like Courtney Walsh, but they, they just, once they started, they bowled forever. You know, Courtney Walsh would bowl in the first morning until half past 12. Well, and then I might, I might be able to get a couple of overs in, which a bit of light relief for everyone. And then he want the ball immediately after lunch. So both of them, as the bowlers you would have played with, were, you know, great team men. We were very happy to bowl all the overs. You know, they were good. They're doing really well. They're, uh, they got to the T Twenty Finals last year, um, but they're, they're not they're not they're not international names, you know. With a great respect to Ryan Higgins, Benny Howell, David Payne, you mentioned uh, Ian Cobain uh, as a batsman, uh, and and James Bracey is 
gave him some credit, but I, I would also uh, plug in, which probably the kiss of death for him, but I've always been impressed by uh, by Chris Dent, the captain. I think he's he's been a consistent scorer for a long period of time. And and, and we always thought when we were playing Gloucestershire, when Mike Brilly was captain, I know it wasn't his situation, but that I can remember playing against Norman Featherstone. Yours, I don't know whether that's before your era. Briefly. Uh, I saw him. Yeah, he, yeah, he came out to bat with an England hat on, played with him in the towel. I said, why have you got that on? And he said, well, everybody else in this team's got an England hat. I thought I'd wear one. Uh, that was not not something that befell Gloucestershire players. Let's put it like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, it's lovely to chat and and hear about um, your work anyway. And uh, just to, to reiterate again, you can go to uh, to support. Uh, there's, there's lots of little campaigns going on, actually, uh, with the PCA and the PCT. Uh, the uh, 5K for Iggy's a little campaign to, to encourage people to run or walk or even swim five kilometres in aid of uh, Alan Eggleston's cause generally. And if you go to the PCT website, the pca.co.uk slash trust, there's lots of information there, including the, the video of Iggy as well. You can support that and also support our club if you want. Uh, uh, we'd love to have more members. Uh, you can go to worldsbestcricketclub.com and uh, we have Mo and Ali in the Virtual Cricket Club next Wednesday at 7.30pm. You can join us, ask questions and have an evening of fun as well as we had last Wednesday with Paul Collingwood. Can I just leave you one thought, Yosa? all right? Is that if Iggy is prepared to do the 5K, then everybody who has an attachment with the game should be able to do the same thing. And it's only a fiver. Sorry about the plug. That's a good note. It's a good plug. Um, and um, we're all for you. So great. Uh, let, let's uh, try and encourage as many people to have a go at that as possible. And we'll be back with a look at the, the next round of county championship games uh, on Sunday night stroke Monday morning, uh, also featuring quite a long interview with Paul Collingwood as well. So hope you can join us then. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.